0: Welcome to church. You guys have made it. We've all made it. I'm sure your living room is as packed as this auditorium is that we're sharing in right now. Uh, It's really an honor. It's a privilege to be able to share uh, with you for a few moments. Um, The only thing that I am not happy about in this moment about sharing right now is that i 'm not in the comments with you uh, the last two weeks have been a lot of fun in online church and interacting on YouTube or Facebook wherever platform you 're on and just the comments the interaction I think it 's awesome that that we 're one church uh, with four different locations and now we 're one church that might not be meeting underneath uh, one roof together or four roofs together but I saw it put like this yesterday that even though we 're not under- underneath one roof together, worshiping God, uh, we're still under one name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus, and we will continue to worship and celebrate the name of Jesus. So I'm honored that you guys are here. Um, The first two weeks, uh, I've been able to worship in my living room, and I don't know if any of you have had some unique experiences when it comes to worshiping in your living room, but I think it was the first week. um, It was in that moment, like just a minute ago when we were singing King of Kings, and it's like, We're getting really excited. I don't remember the song that it was, but it was, we were excited and my internet cut out for just a minute. And I don't know if that's happened with you at all, but we quickly learned why we are not on the worship team. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was a train wreck. Now, if you've done that and you're thinking, no, worship continued, it was powerful, and it was, like, awesome, then then when as soon as we open up our buildings again, we have a spot for you. It's on our worship team. We're going to talk about infuse at later dates because we need you, but, man, I'm telling you this, it is so, so sweet. We've heard great stories about what's been taking place um, in homes and, you know, as people are gathering together, and I think it's incredible that we can continue to worship Jesus and celebrate uh, gathering together through technology. I wanted to talk about a couple different things real quick before we dive into today's message. And one of those, if you were with us earlier and you saw our hosts, Victor and Amber, um, they talked about this. I also want to say, Victor made reference to me being either his father or his (laughs) dad. or his brother, that's not accurate. But both of those statements have been asked by me uh, or not by me. Somebody came up to me and Victor and said, Hey, like, he's like a miniature version of me. Like, like, I know, I know he can't say anything right now, but he said some things earlier. So here's what it is. They came up to me and said, Hey, are you that guy's dad? I was like, Are you kidding me? How old do I look? Like, what's going on here? Um, But he was talking a little bit ago, about kids online. And I would encourage if you've got kids with you to take advantage of those resources. It's at northwood.church slash kids online. We've got some lessons for your kids as well as coloring sheets. And if you're an adult that likes to color, print out an extra copy. You can continue to color with your kids and talk about Jesus. And again, if you're finding that you absolutely love kids ministry and ministering to your home, there might be a spot for you when we open up our services uh, or open up our buildings again. also want to talk about this. Uh, This Wednesday night at 7 p.m., we will be having a prayer and worship night. This will be taking place at 7 o'clock, and it will be online. So you're going to join us at the same spot that you're at right now. You know, we've been coining this phrase that unstable times don't change our mission to help people know God, and that's what prayer and worship is going to be about. We are going to do two different things. We are going to pray, and we are going to worship, spoiler alert, but I am so excited. It's going to be a great time. You know, unstable times not changing our mission means that we're going to continue to move forward with what we do and how we do things. But also I think it's important to know that unstable times don't change our core values. We have a few core values as a church that like, kind of identify who we are as, as, a, as a church. Some of those things that are marks of us like excellence, generational, uh, radical, and unity. But one of those core values of ours is faithfulness. Faithfulness is a big deal to us. And I just wanted to tell you, uh, thank you. On behalf of uh, our staff, on behalf of our lead pastor, Pastor Jordan, and really on behalf of Northwood Church for your continued faithfulness. You know, I think it's amazing when things like this happen that different parts of who we are tested. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that in today's message. But you have continued to be faithful in attendance. You know, several hundred people joining us online right, right now, you've continued to be faithful in small groups, which I think is incredible. Although it's a little bit different than gathering face-to-face, you're still uh, joining on online platforms. And I think it's amazing. But also, you've continued to be faithful in your generosity through tithes and offerings. And I would encourage you in this to continue to be faithful. Even though unstable times are here, you can continue to do that. Uh, You know, there used to be four different ways that you can give at Northwood Church, and we've made it really simple now. There's two different ways that you can give at Northwood Church. One of those is online, uh, which you see on the screen right now. And then also... If online giving is maybe not what you're looking to do, you can still mail in uh, your gift to continue uh, helping people know God. So I want to encourage you in that, and I think it's going to be a great time. You know, like we said, unstable times don't change our mission to help people know God. The reality is that unstable times don't change God's plan for our life either. Uh, God's not surprised or worried by this season that we're in, and you know His His goal for us is still that we would know Him. His goal for us is still that we would become like His Son Jesus. His goal for us is that we would still be led by the Holy Spirit, regardless of what life looks like. Because we can be honest right now, life is a little bit different. The way that uh, our days look might be a little bit different, and We've kind of gotten past for the most part, or maybe we're in the process of moving forward of adjusting our lives to what we'd consider maybe this new normal, this new rhythm to life. And I think what we want to do today is we want to be honest, take an honest inventory of our life, of what that looks like for us. If that be, you know, if that be that life has actually really sped up, then let's allow God to speak to us from that vein, from that vantage point today. If maybe our life has slowed down a little bit, we don't have to to wear this badge of honor that says, oh no, we're still busy. We can admit it. Things have slowed down a little bit for a whole lot of people. But we want to talk about those different types of things, about what this new norm looks like for you. I did wanna say this. For those whose life has sped up, first responders, uh, medical workers, uh, those of you that are watching right now, especially in that field and other industries that it's really sped up, we wanna let you know that we are appreciative of you. Uh, We wanna honor you. We're continuing to pray for you. Matter of fact, if you wanna just drop your name in comments right now and just say, hey, he's already talking to me. I just want you to maybe put that in there. We're gonna continue to pray for you because we celebrate the fact that you are on the front lines of the unknown, of a lot of this panic and worry that's going on uh, nationally and even globally. And we wanna let you know that we're continuing to pray for you. Uh, But the reality is, is that for the vast majority of people, life has slowed down. It's really slowed down. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk from that vantage point. So what I want to do is I want to pray, and then we're going to dive into today's message. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to communicate your word, to share a message from you to our church, to the people in our community. And God, I pray that today's message wouldn't just be empty words that fall on hearts that don't produce any type of fruit. But God, I pray that this would be a message that, that plants in our life, plants deep into our life. And God, that it bears fruit, that it comes to life. I thank you for it. God, we give you permission today to speak to us. God, I pray that you would take this very ordinary message, this very ordinary messenger, and God, that you would breathe life on it. God, in every home right now, in every car where we're listening, where we're joining today, God, I thank you that your promise is as real today as it has always been, is that you are here in the midst of your people. And God, we know that when that happens, God, that anything can happen. So God, be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So many of us are thinking are hoping are daydreaming about when life gets back to normal like like we we can't wait yesterday uh, I had some interaction on social media and the question was this is tell me some things that you can't wait for for them to get back to normal that you just can't wait for and then also there was a second part of the question what are some things that maybe this season of life has brought into your life that although it wasn't there at the beginning, maybe some practices that you're doing or different things that you've adopted into your home, different rhythms of life that you're going to continue even when things go back to normal. And there was some awesome interaction. Some of your comments were, were hilarious, of course. You know, some people were just so thrilled with the thought of maybe one day walking into a supermarket or to a store and being able to purchase toilet paper. Like, that's just, that's one of those things. Like, I still do not understand it. Uh, one thing that this crisis has brought to us has been some incredible memes on social media, though. Like, it, it is, meme game is strong right now. with all of this. But a lot of the comments were um, funny. A lot of the comments were very serious. You know, some of the comments were things like, I actually can't handle any more of what this looks like. The rhythm that we're running, uh, the lack of peace. I'm working 70, 80 hours a week. My family's suffering because of that. So you had those comments And then you had comments that were saying, this is awesome. Like, we're not at work or school. We're at homeschool, but you know what I mean. We're not in the buildings. And it's created this margin. Somebody commented and said, we've lived two blocks from the beach for a couple different years and they said, We've never taken advantage of this giant sandbox that God's given us for our kids. They said, We've just gone out there. I think it's awesome what's taking place. And then so many other types of comments that were taking place, but a lot of us are thinking what it's going to be like when things get back to normal. But I want to present a question to you, and it's this What if things don't actually go back completely or all the way to where the things were? as an individual for you in your life, in your home, in church? What if things don't go all the way back? Some of you are like, oh no. <laughs> there were so many comments when it came to church. Like, I just can't wait to be together again. I can't wait to, man, all the huggers, like they were like, I can't wait to give somebody a hug. And you just, <laughs> it's awesome, but you, you gotta give those virtual hugs. It's those ones that you send the the random gifs to saying, I'm virtually hugging you right now. But like those types of thoughts, some people were saying, I can't wait to hug my mom again. Me too, me too. It's weird. Me and my parents live just down the road from each other and I saw them yesterday. I kind of just waved at them. <laughs> it's like, good to see you. Like we, we stayed about six feet apart and was, we're a hugging type of family. So it's like, yo hug. You know what I mean? But those are the types of things that some people are really thinking about going back to and can't wait to get back there. But what if it's not completely the way that it always was? What if maybe some of the things that have taken place in our life are actually things that God is implementing or are putting into our lives to continue his work in our lives? I thought about this is what if... God is actually using this time to continue his process of sanctification in our lives and through our lives. And he's allowing some things to to come up to the surface or allowing us to reprioritize some things in our life so that we can be a pure reflection of who he is. What if God is with us in the midst of this? Obviously he is, but I'm reminded of so many stories in the Bible some Old Testament stories where there's people that, uh, there's people that these three young men in the Old Testament that they wanted to worship the Lord and they lived in a place that, they weren't allowed to worship the Lord. Matter of fact, the, the ruler of that country said, you can't worship the Lord. There's not like this freedom of religion here, but you have to worship me and you have to worship this idol. As a Matter of fact, this whole country has to worship this idol. And these three young men said, We can't do that. There were some threats made, those threats being, if you don't, we're going to throw you in a fire and you are going to be burned alive. The young men said, we can't do that. So the king was true to his word. The king and some of his men threw them into a fire As they were in the fire, it says that it was a raging, a very, very hot fire. uh, When some of the guys that had thrown them in look into this fiery pit where they threw them, uh, they realized that there were not three people in that fire. There were actually four. I think about this moment. These guys lived, they came out, and many people turned to their Lord in that season. But I wonder what those three young men's life were like after the fact after they came out of the fire, after they came out of this crisis, after they were out of that very difficult season, I would have to believe that although they loved the Lord before, they worshiped the Lord before, I have to believe that there was just something extra inside that said, you know what? God was with me then, And he's gonna be with me now. And I believe that that's something that's rising up inside of the church, inside of your lives, even in this moment, is the realization that God is still with you. He's still for you. He's not against you. He is with you even in the midst of this crisis. And God will use these moments to continue his process of sanctification in your life. So here's the big question for today, and you're actually going to talk about this in small groups throughout the week, but the big question is this. What is this new rhythm revealing in the person that I am and the person that God has called me to be? You might need to stop and think about it. You might need to take a picture of that because I want you to begin to think about that even through today's message, through today's experience. What is this new rhythm revealing, stirring up in the person that I am and the person that actually God has called me to be? Today's message is going to be around those thoughts. As I was looking at a lot of your comments Uh, I realize that your comments were falling, honestly, I think 95% of them fell into these four different categories that we're going to speak or share on today. And they're different categories of what God is just working in us or some of our responses to the situation that is present with us right now. Some of the moments are awesome. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about like this prioritization and that this has given us time to settle down and to to spend quality time with family and friends and just to slow down. One of those things that has been taking place in my life, I think every weekend I've planted a new flower bed at my house and thank you so much to my wife for this dream inside of her heart to have multiple flower beds all over our yard, including the 26-foot one we planted yesterday. So those are just one of those creative things that this time has allowed us to do. But some of these lessons, categories, things that I think God is revealing to us in these moments are under the categories of like worry, of this thought of slowing down, this thought of gratitude and thankfulness These are the types of things that God is just revealing to us. So I wanted to talk about those things. The first one is this, is worry. One thing I have realized is that we as people worry a lot. Like, even if there isn't something to worry about, we find something to worry about. It's just something that humanity does. And this is one of the situations that, that is going on in our world right now that is causing a whole lot of worry. And the Bible has a lot of things to say about worry. Four very quick things in summary form is this, is that worrying actually accomplishes nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. It's, it's not good for anything. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. You know, that kind of thing. Some of my oldie fans were like, awesome. Yes, another thing that worry is, it says it's not good for you. It doesn't accomplish anything. Matter of fact, in Proverbs, it says, it weighs a person down. That's what worry does. It says that worry is the opposite of trust in God. And it also says that worrying puts our focus in the complete wrong direction of where our focus is actually supposed to be. What worry does, oftentimes it's panic. What it is is it ensues in us when a core piece of us is rattled, a foundational piece of who we are. Although I've never been in an earthquake, I've talked to people that have been in earthquakes and I have to believe it would be completely unsettling to be standing somewhere and all of a sudden that you have put your complete trust in by walking on it, allowing it to support your home, allowing it to be the foundation for that which you walk, all of a sudden becomes remarkably unstable. And it feels like nothing is right. You can't trust anything Worry, and when panic ensues in our life, this is a great time for us to reevaluate, to refocus, to analyze again our life. What is our life truly being built on? I'm not talking about what we say. I'm talking about what we truly believe, what we truly do, where we truly put our hope in. And it's revealed when things like health, all of a sudden becomes very shaky it's revealed when finances all of a sudden become very shaky it's when we don't know exactly what the future is going to look like worry just pops up and i would ask you this is to allow god to just hone in analyze your life to what are you truly building your life on are you worried mm-hmm. Are you worried? Let me ask you this. What are you giving your attention to? I read a quote a couple of weeks ago that said, what you give your attention to determines the person that you become. And as much information that is out there right now, it's constantly new things and Fear is all around, and if this is all that I am ingesting and we realize that what's coming out of me is fear and worry and panic, well, the old saying, you are what you eat, maybe you need to change your diet. Parents, husbands, wives, if if those in your family or those close to you are expressing worry through conversation, through text, through social media, We have a responsibility as the family, as the church, to help each other out. And I would encourage you, the best way you can do that is to change your diet, change your intake. I was talking to somebody this week and they just said, you know what, right now, I just need to pull off the news for a little bit. This isn't a call to be ignorant. This isn't a call to be uneducated, but this is a call to rely on God's wisdom instead of just worldly opinion because there are a lot of opinions out there. And how it goes, we don't know exactly. But I would rather build my life on one that's already been through a lot of crisis. A lot, think about what God's seen. (laughs) Like, that brings a great confidence to me. When I start to think, yeah, this is the first time I've ever gone through something like this. This is the first time many of you have ever gone through anything like this in your lifetime. But this is not a new situation that God has never seen that he's been in the midst of, that he's been before and he has been after. And guess what? He is the same yesterday, today, and he's the same forever. Allow this to change our focus, to change our devotion. And can I say this? Please stop being a person that feeds others' worries. Like social media, Let's not be the fear tactic people because you are, the Bible says that you have a hope. You have a hope and let's speak, let's talk, let's communicate like people that actually have a hope in something bigger than this world. I was, um, I was in a small group this last week, I would encourage you, by the way, if you are not connected to a small group, uh, adults, uh, teenagers, Uh, to go to northwood.church slash small groups and get into a small group. You need it now more than ever. And although we're not meeting together in homes, we are virtually meeting and they are powerful. This last week, I was uh, in a small group and one of the questions was this. It was, hey, guys, let's talk about something that's God's been with us in the past that gives us hope for today. And these men began to share stories of faith of personal uh, difficulties they've walked through, but of God's faithfulness in the midst of it. And they said that sometimes when things are difficult in this moment, they go back to those stories and they remind themselves of God's faithfulness then. And that encourages them for the faithfulness that God still has for us today. Don't dig up in doubt what God has already planted and promised in faith then, today, and for the future Panic and worry is not something that God has called us to. Another lesson that I'm learning or that you guys are talking about a lot is this thought of being people that slow down. Like things have truly slowed down. You know, in the 1960s, economists uh, globally said that there would be this slow pace to humanity in the 2000s. It said that, like, the average work week for an adult would be 18 to 20 hours a week. It said it would be marked by this luxury, slow pace of enjoyment and pleasure and fulfillment and community. And let's be honest. (laughs) That's not how it is. Well, it is how it is today, but that's not how it is. Actually, we have marked success by this thing of a fast pace of you're not, if you're not working 60, 70 hours a week, you're not doing anything. But we have actually found ourselves in this slow down season and it's moments where we can actually enjoy what's all around us. There's a scripture that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It says, oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Why can't we in this slower season or force ourselves to slow down a little bit and actually taste and see? It's the difference between fast food and like non-fast food, like good Quality food. So many are like, oh, why are you talking about food? We can't eat at good restaurants, that kind of stuff. But here's the truth. When you are eating fast food, we don't slow down. We don't stop and take a picture and post it of this 95 cent hamburger. Like we don't like share that with the world and say, see how good this is? Oh, and make everybody jealous. And that's not what you do with fast food. But what about those nice restaurants that you go in there, you slow down and you, you get that plate and you're like, wow, this is so good. Before I take a bite of it, I'm going to take a picture of this and I'm going to feel weird putting it on social media, but I'm going to do it because that's what you're supposed to do. you know. And you want everyone to see how good this is and you're about to taste how good this thing actually is. And the scriptures are actually telling us to slow down and just Look at these incredible moments that we have together. Families, your rhythms of life will not always be like this. So slow down enough to enjoy the dinners together. Slow down to enjoy going out together, the extended family time that you have together. Enjoy those moments that you're having with a different pace. Create memories. Create moments that you'll look back on and be proud of the way that you invested this slow down season. I'm asking you this. Are you, or maybe ask yourself this, am I slowing down enough to enjoy the goodness of God that's all around me? Be for real. Like, or are we always in a hurry? Even now, it's always thinking, what's coming next? Some of you are thinking, how much longer is this message gonna be? Like, because uh, what's next? What if we just slowed down and said, this is good. I'm happy. I'm satisfied with this moment that God has given us. Take pictures of the moments. Enjoy the moment. Take pictures of church at home. This isn't how it's going to be all the time. Take those pictures, share them with people and say, this is Good. Slow down. Another lesson that we're learning is this one of gratitude and thankfulness. Some would say it's, it's this word contentment. Last week, we did a post on social media that said, tell us one thing that you were just thankful for. And again, some incredible comments. But what it caused us to do is slow down and actually reflect on these small things that we are thankful that God has given to us, put into our life. Again, this world has a different system when it comes to being thankful or when it comes to being content. There's two different ways towards contentment. One of them is this get more. And we buy into this philosophy of when I get this and fill in the blank, whatever this would be, then I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be satisfied. When I get one more flower bed in my backyard, then it's going to be perfect. Knowing good and well, there's always more. The whole backyard can be a flower bed and we're still not good enough. I'm just kidding right now. But it's this contentment thing that we lack and we bought into this mindset that says, when I get this, I will finally be satisfied. When my kids aren't at home all the time, I'll be satisfied. And the painful thing is that when you move on to that next thing that you thought was the thing, you miss that moment. But the enemy's trap and the world's system is that when you get to this moment, there's one more thing in front of you and we never become content our whole life when we're actually called to be content. The other way to contentment is to want less. Get more or want less. Wanting less is totally counterculture. Wanting less means this satisfaction with what you have. Wanting less means you've got to have some high value value on what you have. You've gotta have a different perspective to this thing that you have. There's a man named Paul that understood this. In Philippians he says this, he says, I know how to live on almost nothing. He said, he said, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. He said, I know how to do this. I know how to live on almost everything I have. I have learned the secret of living in every single situation. He says, whether it's a full stomach or empty, he said, if I've got plenty, if I've got more, or if I've got little, and he says this, he says, because I can do everything through Christ. He says, I'm satisfied with Christ. He is my more. And even if that's all I have, that is an abundance of everything that I could ever need. He says, I can do everything through Christ because he's the one that gives me strength. And I'm telling you this, he's the one that gives you strength. He's the one that gives you satisfaction. He's the one that brings you joy. He's the one that brings you peace. He's the one that brings true contentment into your life. And I will tell you this, if we build our life on anything apart from him, We will constantly be reaching for more, reaching for more, and never reach this contentment with what God has already given us. And the final lesson, that's not an all-inclusive list by any means, but the final one that we'll talk about today, about this new norm that the Lord's bringing up situations in our life is this thought of flexibility. 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 In elementary school, we did this thing called a presidential fitness test. Some of you know what I'm talking about, where it separated the elite athletes from what's not elite athletes. Okay? And I'm an athletic guy. I was. I might not look like it now, but I was. And I loved sports of any type. Like, that's all I did. And this. Presidential fitness test at that time composed or uh, was made up of the mile run, which I crushed, the rope climb, I crushed, pull ups, this kind, not that kind, because that kind's tough. You know what I mean? Uh, some of you are missing the gym right now, but you know what I'm talking about. Pull ups, I made it, didn't crush it, but I made it. Sit ups, I did it. And the last test all the time was flexibility. All you had to do was touch your toes. And I was never considered an elite athlete because I could not touch thy toes. My, my PE teacher named Mr. Vandenberg, he said, Mr. Butterfield, have you done your stretches? I'm like, sir? And he said, Mr. Butterfield, that's how he talked. He said, are you flexible this year? Because <laughs> every year, like, <laughs> he knew. I said, <laughs> get to those kneecaps, like, all right! <laughs> I could go a little bit further than that, but you know what I mean. He said this, finally in my last year, he never taught me this beforehand. He said, Mr. Butterfield, said instead of just sitting on your rear, he said, put your feet up against a wall and reach. That was the first time I touched my toes. He told me, he said, that's cheating though, so you don't get the award. But, yes, Mr. V, come on, my man. But he taught me something in that is that I had to have something anchored so that I could actually extend further than I could go before. Now, naturally, I'm not physically uh, flexible, but for many people, we are not naturally, I'm not talking physical anymore, we are just not flexible. We don't like change. We don't like when things aren't the way that they always have been, or we don't like when they're not the way that I like it. But flexibility is something that we are being challenged in, I would say this, that Jesus was remarkably flexible. And the only way that flexibility grows is through stretching. And all of us are being stretched right now. We think, no, 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 if it slows down, if my pace slows down, I'm not gonna be stretched. But you're stretched in different ways. You have different responsibilities. For many of you parents, you've got children at home, not just after school, but in school with you. You are now the principal, you are now the parent, you are now the superintendent. And you're being stretched in new ways. Some of you are being stretched by the hours that you are working. And it is pulling at every part of who you are and it's testing the very fibers of you as a people. And we've gotta be flexible as people, but we also have to be flexible as a church. I wanna commend our small group leaders. I wanna commend all of you for being adaptable to doing small groups in a different way. I wanna commend some of those uh, that are elders in our church, that are older, the older generation that have completely bought in. I was, I was listening to a story that one uh, small group has gotten to such a size that they've had to make it two small groups. And it's people with uh, a little bit higher in the age category. We're a generational church, so this is something that I absolutely love. But they are engaging in conversation, communicating, communication, and there is a learning curve. But you know what? This is what flexibility is. This is what we actually should be working towards. Jesus was a person who was remarkably flexible. You see, Jesus would be going about his day ministering to people, and another person would come up, and they had a different ministry need. There were times that we see Jesus ministering all day long, and he retreats for a moment. He gets on a boat. He's gonna sail across the sea because he just needs a little break. Some of you, that's like your closet right now. It's just a little break, and you act like nobody can hear you, and you curl up in a ball. I don't think Jesus was curled up in a ball, but he was on a boat taking a little break. And it says that he got to the other side of the sea and when he got there, that there was a whole nother group of people there looking at him, wanting ministry yet again. And Jesus didn't retreat. He didn't say, I've done enough. I'm tired. It says that Jesus looked at them and he looked at them and his heart was moved with compassion because he had something that they needed. And it says that he continued in ministry. You see, we, as Christians, if you're a Christ follower, you're called to take on the lifestyle of Jesus. They're called disciples, they're called Christians. You can look at other words that would suggest that word is actually an apprentice of Jesus that follows him step by step, that models his way of life. And we so desperately want these these Fruits that we see operating in his life, like peace, like joy, kindness. He had self-control like nobody's business. He was incredible in that, but it would take us taking on his lifestyle, taking on his way of life. Some people would paint this word picture that his way of life is like a trellis, a trellis is what vines grow up on, where grapes and good fruit can grow on. We've got to have a trellis built, which is a way of life, so that the fruit of the Spirit can actually grow on that lifestyle. If we are constantly operating in a worry type of mindset, then how are we ever going to have peace? If we're constantly surrounding ourselves with sorrow and pain, and not like so that we can minister to, but just so we can get down in it with them, but like, We just enjoy that and it's putting us in this state and we will never experience joy. We need something totally different. And I would encourage you in this to begin to study the person of Jesus. See the way that he operated, see the way that he lived. And when we begin to take on those characteristics of life, you might see some of this fruit operate in your life as well. But we see Jesus being a person that was completely committed to this lifestyle of flexibility. Another person who was very flexible was Paul. And this is the last scripture of the day. We see Paul in a letter to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 9, he says this. He says, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, he said, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. He says, Religious or non-religious. He says meticulous, uh, meticulous moralists or loose living immoralists. He said the defeated, the demoralized. He said, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. He said, I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and I tried to experience things from their point of view. He said, I've become just about every sort of servant that there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. He was saying, I'm constantly adapting. I'm constantly being flexible. I'm constantly doing what needs to be done. He says, because there's something that's way more worth it than my personal pleasure, my personal comfort. He says, there is constantly stretching that's being taking place in my life. I'm constantly being forced to do this. Why? Why would we do this? Why would we be like this? He ends this section with this. He says, I did all all of this because of the message that capital M is significant if you look at it in the bible this is the message paraphrase but it's the gospel he said i did all of this i was remarkably flexible because jesus was remarkably flexible he said i didn't just want to talk about it i wanted to be in on it and when we commit to living a life of flexibility what we are doing is saying, you know what? My personal comfort isn't the number one priority right now. My priority is reflecting a life that Jesus lived, of loving my neighbor, of caring for those closest to me. And even if that means I've got to be uncomfortable, I've got to be stretched a little bit, even if it means that I've got to walk through this difficult season, God, I trust the fact that you love me so much that you are willing to be with me in the midst of this. You're willing to reveal these types of things to me where I am unstable because you want me to become more like your son, Jesus. Jesus' flexibility, Paul's flexibility, these lives were all because of the message of Jesus. And the message of Jesus is actually remarkably simple and at the same time incredibly complex. The message of Jesus is this, is that before we ever got into a coronavirus pandemic, we were already in a remarkable crisis. And it was a crisis that was taking place internally. It was a crisis that's been operating in mankind since the beginning. It's this crisis called sin. Sin is remarkably detrimental it doesn't just damage the body. It separates us from God. And it says that because we have this condition called sin, because we are unholy, because we are unrighteous, and because God is completely holy, because God is completely righteous, that these two, they don't mix. But God always wanted this between his creation and Between him. And the only way that this could happen was by him sending his son Jesus to this earth to bridge the gap that this crisis of sin has created in our life. The only way he could do that was by Jesus living a perfect life, a sinless life. And at the end of this perfect life, he offers his own body up as a payment, as a sacrifice for our imperfection. This is the gospel that Paul is talking about. And this is what Jesus did. He did it. He offered his body up. He was crucified on a cross. And it says that his innocent blood, his pure life, became a payment for our sin. And it wasn't that just Jesus was buried and died and went away. Jesus went to the grave for three days. And the unbelievable, the remarkable part of this story is the fact that he was buried and he rose to new life. He conquered the grave and the promise is that anyone who puts their faith, their hope, their foundation on that, that they will also conquer the grave at a later date. That they will inherit eternal life with God. This this is what god has called our new norm to be a life that's close to him that's not worried that's not panicked that's flexible that tastes and sees what the lord is and that the lord is good so what i want to do right now is we are going to pray and i'm asking you to do this is to not sign off right now to not to not don't do anything apart from begin to comment with me and pray with me. If you've got a prayer request in your life right now, I want you to begin to put that in the comment section. Some of you have these thoughts of things that God is revealing to you. Remember our first question, what is this new rhythm revealing in the person that I am and the person that God has called me to be? Maybe God is revealed something in your life that he wants to address in your life right now. If you're comfortable, you can put that in comments, areas that you need help or just between you and the Lord right now. But what I wanna do is I wanna pray together and pray as a church over this conversation that we had. And as soon as we finish praying, we are going to worship God for one more song together. So let's pray right now. God in heaven, God, we come to you in complete humility. God, and we realize that today's message was a setup for you to talk to us. So God, right now, I pray for those, God, that are in their homes, that are in their cars right now. And God, they are saying... What is this revealing to me is the fact that my sin, my payment, my payment, you paid the price and my responsibility is to now receive that payment for my sin. God, I pray for those that realize that they don't have a relationship with you right now. God, that they would be surrendering their life to you in this moment. They would be saying, God, what he's talking about, that's what I need. That's what I want. God, that there would be this exchange, this belief that you died on the cross for our sins. And God, I surrender to you as Lord and Savior of our life. God, I pray for those, God, in their homes right now that are overcome with worry and anxiety and panic. God, I pray. God, that we would no longer be ruled by a spirit of fear, but one that is powerful, that's disciplined. God, that's a sound mind. God, that's dominated by love, that's dominated by your love. So God, I pray for those, God, that are saying, worry is one of those things for me. God, God that you would break that in their life. God, as they feed the different part of their life. God, as they ingest your word. As they, God, as they spend time with you, God, that you would settle those fears. God, that you would keep the priorities straight for us. God, that those principles that we've learned, God, the, the family time, the spending more time in a comfortable, but also, God, a productive rhythm, God, that we would hold on to those types of things. God, I pray for those, God, that just need to taste and see that the Lord is good. God, that they would begin to see life with a different lens. God, that you would help us to be a content people. God, not wanting more, but God, satisfied with what you've done for us. And God, everything else in our life is land yap. And God, I pray that we would be people that would be continual uh, growing in our flexibility. God, we realize for growth to take place means stretching has to be present. So, God, we embrace the stretching. We embrace this season. God, we embrace those moments knowing that you're with us, that you're for us. And, God, we are comfortable in that. God, all these other comments, God, that are being posted right now, God, for the health situations, for the relationship situations, God, I pray that your hand would be in the midst of it. And, God, our prayer is this. God, that re- regardless of whatever the outcome is, God, that our hearts would be in line with yours. God, I pray that you would change and shape and position all of our hearts, God, towards your heart. So God, I pray that as we lift up this song of worship together, God, that you would meet us in our living room, that you would minister to your church, God, as we we as we continue to worship. So church, I want you to do this. You can stand up again and let's sing a song of hope, a song of freedom, a song of praise to our Father. We're gonna sing incredible day. Uh, Two things before we leave, before we sign off. The first one is this, if you made a decision to follow Jesus or if you're a guest with us today, this is your first time joining us online, go to northwood.church slash next steps and our what's next, northwood.church slash what's next. We want to connect with you. There's an online connect card right there. And then also don't forget this Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Join us right here again for prayer and worship night. It's going to be an incredible time. So guys, go taste and see that the Lord is good. Have an incredible day, and we will see you guys Wednesday night for prayer and worship.